So how far would you go for your pastor? Someone you believe in? How you doing? Tony Scott here with the Random Podcast. I talk about all kinds of stuff. That's why it's kind of random. And we post it every Wednesday. And I appreciate everybody who downloads and have been listening and sharing. A good friend of mine told some friends about the podcast. His wife is hooked on it until he told me. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So a pastor in Ghana was in his boxers taking a dip in a barrel filled with water in church is what he was doing there. And just after speaking to church members, people were instructed to line up and drink the bath water. He says that God told him to do this, and anybody who drinks his bath water will get blessings. That's the one he's going with. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I don't know if I would do that. I'm pretty sure. You know what? I do know. I would not do that. I mean, he's my pastor. I believe in him. But am I going to do that? No, I'm not doing that, man. I mean, because at some point, there's common sense in there. I'm not doing that. It's not going to happen. It's like building a homemade bulletproof vest and then putting a gun in someone's hand and say, shoot, let me show you that it works. Don't do that, man. And I'm not going to do something like that. That's crazy. And if you do do that, drink this pastor's bathwater, I've got to look at you kind of funny to be real honest. Walk by faith, not by sight. Well, that, that doesn't apply to that. Okay. I'm not doing, I'm just not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Marcus Peters plays football, I believe, for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And a couple of weekends ago, they were playing the Buffalo Bills, and he broke up a a pass late in the game. They kind of sealed the deal for the Ravens to win the game. And he thought it would be a good idea to hop in the stands and uh, drink a beer while the game's going on. Game wasn't over, though. Not officially, so the NFL says, you know what, we're going to need 14,000 because this is unsportsmanlike conduct. A lot of people have been saying that the NFL stands for the No Fun League. A lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people love these celebrations. These guys are pretty creative. But you have to draw the line somewhere. And hopping into stands, drinking a beer, kind of goes over that line for me. Because according to what I read, the celebration rule is you can't use props. What Was it Joe Horn, who years ago took a cell phone out of, what, his sock or something? He just broke out with a cell phone and started making a call. It's like, no, man, you can't do that. So they have to draw the line somewhere. So I, I get that. Was it creative? Yeah, no one's ever done that before, as far as I know. But it's going to cost them $14,000. Speaking of, I just saw where Josh Gordon of the Seattle Seahawks was uh, suspended from the NFL for substance abuse. Apparently, this is like his fifth time or something to that effect. It's happened more than two, that's for sure. How many chances do you give someone before you say, you know what, this ain't working, man? And a lifetime ban in pro sports never really is a lifetime ban. Unless you're like Pete Rose or somebody like that who, you know, for gambling. But for drug offenses, they say a lifetime ban, but you can reapply in two years. Well, that's not a lifetime ban. (laughs) That's not a lifetime. Is that a lifetime ban to you? That's not to me. But apparently this Josh Gordon is is in trouble again. And I wouldn't be surprised if this this is the end. But the more important thing is that he needs help. That is the more important thing. It's not about football when you've been, been caught a few times, maybe even several times, with drugs, although I think this time it's alleged there were some PEDs uh, involved too, performance-enhancing drugs. So hopefully that's not going to be the case, but we'll have to wait and see. It was, uh, what was it, a couple weekends ago, Lizzo went to a Lakers game. Remember that? When she twerked and she had this dress on that had the butt cut out and showed her, her entire behind in a thong and she twerked and she got a lot of blowback. Houston Rockets invited her to come and twerk for them. She says, I'll be there with bells on my booty. But bigger than that... Uh, Lizzo has responded to the criticism. Your criticism has no effect on me. But you know what? It, it does. 
It clearly does because you've responded. You see what I'm saying here? A lot of entertainers, a lot of people, you know, sometimes playing offense is all about getting into victory formation and taking a knee because you win when you don't respond to foolishness. And I understand it's hard. It's emotional. And everybody's saying stuff about Lizzo and it's getting to her and she's got to say something. But to say it has no effect on me, it does because you, you recorded a response. That's what I'm thinking. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm surrounded by love and I just want to spread that love and also spread these cheeks. No. And you know, if you really, really don't like my you can kiss it. That's going to be a hard no for me, Lizzo. I'm going to pass on the kissing of your buttocks. Chad Ochocinco, he was asked on Twitter about how he stays positive, And he says, say, uh, by a woman, he says, sis, I lost my temper for three seconds years ago, and it cost me a lifetime's work in less than 24 hours. So it's really easy to be positive now after getting it all back. He's talking about when he was married to Evelyn Lozada. They were married for what, like a month. And there was some kind of incident involving uh, some condoms. She found condoms in his possession. And he says he bought them for a friend. That never works. That never, that never works, fellas. The old, I bought condoms for a friend. Well, why doesn't your friend have the condoms if you bought them for your friend? Anyway, he headbutted her, cut her, you know, his reputation was trash. You know, once you get that stink of domestic violence on you, you never really get that stink off of you. That's Chris Brown. I've been cussed out and threatened and all kinds of stuff because I've told dudes, this is this is the way to go, man. You don't want to put your hands on anybody, no woman. You always will lose that battle. Even because guys, well, she hit me first. What are you in the fourth grade? You want to get a woman who hit you when she hits you? Call the cops. That's assault. Because if you hit her, be sure that she's going to do the exact same thing. So if she hits you, call the cops. But don't hit her because you never win that battle. You absolutely do not win that battle. Bette Midler went on Twitter and says that Justin Timberlake should apologize for exposing Janet Jackson's nipple during the halftime show of the Super Bowl in 2004. That's 15 years ago. It was uh, during uh, Justin's uh, performance of Justin's song, Rock Your Body. And remember, he reached over and he pulled and he grabbed and he pulled away. And all of a sudden, there's this nipple that had some kind of piercing on it and stuff. And the country went wild and... So Bette Midler tweets, Justin Timberlake publicly apologized to his wife for holding hands with another actress after having too much to drink. You remember that happened a couple weeks ago, but says nothing else happened. Who cares? He held another woman's hand. Big F deal. So when is Janet Jackson's boob going to get an apology? You know, I'm going to be real honest with you about that Janet Jackson thing. I thought this then. I still think it kind of now. That was a setup. That was meant to happen because you grab someone's top and you pull it. And the only piece that came off was the part over her boob. Did it rip out under her arm or across her shoulder? Usually when you rip someone's clothes, it's a huge tear. And he grabbed that and pulled and just that little square or a pretty good size. She got a pretty good size boob. But I mean, my point is, is that she that's all that was exposed. It's almost like it was a setup, like it was like maybe that piece was being held on by Velcro and he pulled that off and then bloop, it just came out like that. And who performs brawless? Who does that? I'm just kidding. I don't I have no idea. Who, it's your right to perform brawless. I'm just. My, my point is, I never believed that that was that was uh, an accident. I've always believed that it was intentional because usually when you pull somebody's clothes and you rip them to shreds, at least that section, but nothing ripped except that one little piece, and that, that always puzzled me. Hey, uh, Khalil Mack of the Chicago Bears is uh, from Fort Pierce, Florida. And he went to the Walmart there and he paid off everybody's uh, layaway accounts, 300 layaway accounts, $80,000 
were paid off. And he's known to do things like that. He uh, paid off, uh, it, like last June, he donated 100 pairs of cleats to his former high school's football team. So he's known for his philanthropy. But man, 80 grand at Walmart, 300 layaways, that's the business. And since we're talking about football, it came out last week that Roger Goodell says the NFL has moved on after Colin Kaepernick's workout. No, 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 no. You guys moved on. How many years ago has it been? Two, three years? Y'all moved on then. Y'all moved on. Y'all moved. I mean, come on, man. How crazy do you think people are? It's funny how people will really try and, and convince you of something. They will really try and, and, and get mad if you don't buy it. They get upset, but they tell you something that's so blatantly unbelievable that it just makes you shake your head. That tryout that happened weeks ago was a sham. A complete sham. Colin Kaepernick will never play in the NFL again. I hope I'm wrong. I do. And he's a talented athlete. Man went to the Super Bowl. Didn't win it, but he went to the Super Bowl. Dan Fouts, did he ever get to the Super Bowl? There are quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame that never went to a Super Bowl. I just don't think that Colin was given a fair shake weeks ago with his tryout. I think it was a sham from the start. It was a way to satisfy people saying, hey, we're going to give an official workout. And then when they started changing the rules and he says, nah, nah, nah. They were like, see, you don't want to play in the NFL. If you want to play in the NFL, you would do whatever it took to get in the NFL. Nah, nah, nah. He knows the game, though. He knows how this works. You want him to sign a piece of paper saying that he couldn't sue anymore. He couldn't file a lawsuit. There's nothing. He couldn't he couldn't do the collusion thing, even though that may have been settled. There's still room. If you're going to do this again and then you can shut him out again then that's going, to be, that's going to be an issue. And they wanted him to sign those rights away, and he wasn't here for that. I saw a video where Keisha Cole's mom, Frankie, insists that her dad was Italian. Now, Keisha Cole believes her father is a boxing coach named Virgil Hunter. She had a reunion with him about, what, what was that, 2016? But Frankie, her mother, still believes that Keisha's biological father is an Italian man who she was acquainted with when, you know, whole was life back for her back in the day when she was a prostitute. Now, she was raised, Keisha was raised by adoptive parents, and she asked her mom on her show one-on-one -on -one with Keisha Cole if she was mixed, and Frankie says, yeah, you're mixed. Keisha has never even seen a photo of him. Frankie says the last time she saw the man was right after Keisha was born, but she says she was told that he died of alcoholism. That's got to be frustrating if you're Keisha Cole. I thought Virgil was my dad. Now you're saying this Italian man's my dad who, is, you, according to you, is not alive anymore, and it's just, it's a whole thing, man. I read this uh, today, actually. Was it today? No, it was a couple days ago I read this. That Ice Cube and LL Cool J, you know, they tried to buy 22 regional sports networks from Disney, but apparently their bid was rejected. Disney was being forced to sell 22 networks as part of its $71 billion acquisition of 21st Century Fox because Disney is the majority owner of ESPN, and the Justice Department felt that by having ESPN and controlling 22 sports networks that would give the company too much power in the sports TV business. So reportedly, Ice Cube and LL Cool J, they teamed up with powerful partners to help secure their bid, including a billionaire, uh, the founder of the Alex and Annie Jewelry. Is that Annie, A&I, Carolyn and Raphaelian? And some other silent investors, and they were going up against Sinclair Broadcast, uh, Apollo Global Management, Blackstone Group, and apparently they had been turned down. What are the odds that that's racial? I know what was racial was this Army-Navy game with these cadets in the stands doing the uh, white power signal. 
They flashed the hand gesture uh, symbolizing white power during a live TV shot on ESPN at the Army-Navy game. Reese Davis of ESPN was doing a live shot in front of uniformed Army and Navy cadets and midshipmen, and two men appeared to intentionally throw the sign at one from each side. Army says they're investigating. Navy says they're doing the same thing. I don't know what's to investigate. It's right there. The video's right there. We've all seen the video. They flashed a sign with their hand. They made a gesture with their hand, some kind of like upside down, okay, a-okay kind of thing, which apparently has been adopted by white supremacists, according to the Anti-Defamation League, and other groups have said the same thing. So what has to happen? Well, they have to be dishonorably discharged. Harsh penalty? Life lessons sometimes are very hard. Oh, they were just having fun. Well, they were being racist. There's no fun in that. I mean, there really isn't. Harvey Weinstein says that he did more for women than anyone. Now, understand Harvey Weinstein has been criminally charged in relation to some of the allegations of sexual misconduct, abuse. He did an interview with the New York Post from his hospital room. He was there for back surgery. He's been discharged. And he feels people are forgetting everything he's done for women in his career. He feels like he's the forgotten man. I made more movies directed by women and about women than any filmmaker. And I'm talking like 30 years ago. I pioneered it. And it all got eviscerated because of what happened. My work has been forgotten. He's going on trial next month. Five different charges. And if convicted, a possibility of life in prison, he's pled not guilty. I don't see him going to prison for life. But come on, Harvey Weinstein, you can do the greatest things in the world. But if you do something so atrocious that you have to go to jail, that's what people remember you for. That's what people will remember you for. I mean, ask O.J. Simpson. Ain't nobody tripping on the fact that he was a Heisman Trophy winner, the first to run for 2,000 yards in the NFL and had a great NFL career. Hell no, he killed his wife and her friend. I mean, that's what people say. He beaten the crap out of his wife. That's what he's, he's remembered for. Now, he didn't go to jail. Well, he did go to jail, but not for that. But you do something awful, that's what people remember. He kind of reminded me of Donald Trump when he says, I've done more for, you know, and it's like Donald Trump's always saying, you know, I've done more for black folks and, you know, I've had the best economy of any president in history. Where, where, where you pull that out of your ass from? Where, where did that come from? Well, what is it? What is that about? <laughs> I don't know. Let us see about this uh, Matthew Knowles story I got to tell you about in just a second where he says Jagged Edge harassed his daughter and Kelly Rowland. How about this uh, Fitbit? You know what a Fitbit Fitbit's a smart watch. Smart watches will do, you know, your physical activity, keep track of your steps and your heart rate, things like that. Well, NFL Network correspondent Jane Slater caught a former boyfriend cheating after spotting a rapid increase in his heart rate and physical activity at 4 a.m. on their Fitbit app, which they shared. He gave her a Fitbit as a Christmas gift, I'm guessing last Christmas, so they could track each other's activity levels and motivate each other to exercise more. So Jane says that he was unaccounted for at 4 a.m., and his physical activity levels at that time were spiking on the app. And she was at his house, at his house, preparing to celebrate his birthday. She thought about calling police because she was concerned. It's 4 a.m. in the morning. She don't know where he is. His heart rate, according to the app, is accelerated. Is he running for his life? <laughs> well, no, not exactly. Sexual activity does register on fitness trackers. It, well, let me put it this way. Fitness trackers cannot distinguish between sexual activity and other forms of cardio, but it will register like your heart monitor and spikes in that that can be brought on by intimate moments. So you got caught cheating because of a smartwatch that you gave your girlfriend. 
What about that dude that slapped a reporter's butt? He admitted that he did it. The reporter was reporting at a 5K race. Thomas Callaway of Georgia surrendered to cops last Friday, booked for misdemeanor sexual battery released on $1,300 bond. If convicted, it could be a year and up to a $5,000 fine. This TV reporter, uh, Alex, oh man, her last name, Bazarjan, Bazarjan. She's only 23 years old. And she wants consequences and ramifications after his alleged smack and grab. It was the River Bridge run. She filed a police report right after that, went to uh, social media, put him on blast. She says it was violating and embarrassing. She went on CBS this morning and says that he had taken her power from her and she's trying to take it back. He went on national TV to apologize, saying he had a lapse in judgment and got caught up in the moment. He says he hopes that she could forgive him. Nah, dude, I'm not saying you got to go to jail, but uh, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to do something, man. I'll put it like that. A lapse in judgment? Dude, you smacked a woman on the behind who you didn't even know? <laughs> you, you don't even know her. You thought, well, I'm, I'm going to do this because I think this is kind of fun. And you smack somebody on the behind you don't even know. Man, come on. Supposedly, he's like a teen church youth minister and a Boy Scout leader. Or maybe he was a teen church youth minister and a Boy Scout leader. How about that dude that stole $88,000 and got caught because he was flossing on Facebook? Orlando Henderson was working at the Wells Fargo in Charlotte, North Carolina. And apparently he stole $88,000 from their vault where deposits were made by the bank's customers. He was hired by the branch last April to handle the vault, and he handled it all right. Uh, an indictment says that the books were rigged by Orlando Henderson at the bank in order to hide the tens of thousands of dollars that he was stealing. The FBI got involved, and apparently uh, the investigation went down last month. He was indicted on more than 30 counts of financial institution fraud, theft, embezzlement, money laundering. And he got caught because he kept flashing all his money on his Facebook page. He had like a photo album on Facebook where he showed his money being spread out, sitting on the hood of a white 2019 Mercedes-Benz A2. They found out that he made 18 withdrawals starting June 12th when he took out $446. And then it started to become a trend. And he started getting like $5,500 every withdrawal. And then the largest one on July 10th was $8,700. He ended up depositing these funds at an ATM near the Wells Fargo where he worked. And if I got that kind of cash, if I got 88K on me, I'm not depositing it into a bank machine. Well, I guess you are if you stole it. He got arrested in San Diego about 12 days ago. He hasn't been arraigned, but when he does get arraigned, they're going to bring him back to Charlotte, North Carolina, and him going to have to go to jail. Matthew Knowles did an interview on Vlad TV, and he says that on a tour with John B., Destiny's Child, and Jagged Edge, that Jagged Edge harassed Beyonce and Kelly. Destiny's Child and Jagged Edge on the same tour bus. Now, remember, the girls are minors. They're 16. The guys are 21, 22 years old. Uh, I have a fiduciary duty with minors by the law. There's a certain way I have to manage that. I got a call from Kelly and Beyonce, and I talk about this in the book in detail, uh, saying that they were constantly being harassed by two other members of Jacket Edge. Uh, and I couldn't have that. And I literally had to put the guys off the bus in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Now, when an interview went viral, people were saying, oh, my God, Jacket Edge sexually harassed Destiny's Child? But Beyonce and Kelly Rowland? That's not what he said. He didn't say they were sexually harassed. He said they were harassed. Now, what does that mean? Well, he says that they were saying they were 21, 22. The girls were 16 years old. 
And he says they were just saying things, mean things, things like that. He, he says they never laid hands on the girls. They never smacked them on the butt like this idiot did in Georgia. And Jagged Edge, for their part, says that's a lie. The whole thing is a lie. Now, I don't know if we're going to end up in court over this or not. That I don't know. But he told a story. And Jagged Edge, you know, a couple of the guys, well, I know one for sure, has uh, not a great history when it comes to... Uh, remember the one, one of them tried to shove his fiance's engagement ring down her throat, like literally down. Remember that? Well, how long was that? Four or five years ago? Maybe not even that long ago. That's that stink you get on you. So people won't give you the benefit of the doubt when you do uh, dumb stuff like that. I don't know if you believe in tipping people who do things for you, like your postal carrier or your gardener or babysitter. If you, I mean, you tip them, but do you give them a Christmas tip? A majority of Americans, 66%, give tips to at least one service provider during the holiday season, according to Consumer Reports. And they say if you're going to tip, you should tip the people you encounter the most. That's where you want to start. And if you give a tip, you should put it in an envelope. When deciding how much to tip, you have to consider that workers in the service industry are often underpaid at their job. Now, if you see a person every six months, it probably doesn't warrant a big tip. But you should write down a list of the most important service people you contact, uh, have contact with and base your tipping strategy on the amount your budget can handle. See, that's overthinking. You don't have to give money to everybody. This is babysitters, nannies, house cleaners, dog walkers, handymen, landscapers, gardeners. You give them supposedly what you usually pay for the service. If it's a $50 thing, then you give them a $50 tip. Hairstylists, barbers, manicurists, beauticians, personal trainers. You tip them each the cost of one service. If your haircut's $50, you give them $50. Same thing for a pet groomer, a masseuse, an acupuncturist. The uh, mail carriers are government workers, so they can only accept up to $20 gifts, but they can, you can give them gift cards. Giving money to your kid's teacher, that can look like bribery. So you should just give them a little something-something, like a small token. The doorman in your building, if you have one, building workers, $25 to $150 during the holidays based on the level of service they provide. You know what? I'm all for that. But you would be broke. I think if you if you set on doing that, I think you you pick out three to five, three to five people, or any or any number, maybe just one or two. But if you have a, a hairstylist and you have someone who does your cut your grass for you, and you have a personal trainer and the male person, someone who does your your petty and your mani, that's a, that you know I'm not giving them all the cost of a service. That's two, three, four hundred dollars. What are you crazy? <laughs> doing that get, get the hell out of here <laughs> out of here with that mess who's gonna do that <laughs> no man kevin mccall i don't know what his thing is kevin mccall used to write with chris brown is that his claim to fame or is it the fact that he married eva marcel and they had a child together and they broke up behind some alleged domestic violence and then she remarried and the daughter she has with Kevin McCall, Marley, well, she had her last name changed to her current husband's last name of Sterling because she didn't want the daughter to feel alienated, considering she and the rest of the house had the same last name. I'm not buying that part. But he had sued Kevin McCall. He took her to court. He wanted joint custody. He wanted his daughter to have his last name again. And he wanted child support. But you don't have the child. I want the child. Now, apparently they sent him court documents and he didn't respond. 
So the case was dismissed with prejudice, which means he can never file that case again. So this is over. Now, as far as changing the last name of the child so it'll match up with the other people in the house, and eh, no, man. Just say the truth. I changed her last name because her father is a deadbeat. <laughs> allegedly. I'll say allegedly to protect myself. He's not worthy. He's not in her life. Then she doesn't have his last name. I mean, because God forbid he had died. Well, you wouldn't change her last name then to match up what's in the house. You'd honor him, right? If he's a lousy dude, then just that's why I changed. And I just be truthful. But just say I changed it. I changed her name because he's a weasel. <laughs> How hard is that? Just say it, man. <laughs> Keep it 100, man. Keep it 100. So in Wisconsin, they're going to purge over 230,000 uh, voters from their roles. A Wisconsin judge made the decision to make that happen. Here's what here's what happened. In October, the Wisconsin Election Commission sent letters to voters the commission believed had moved. The letters asked for updated addresses. Now, originally, plans had called for the removal of voters from the rolls in 2021 if there was no update. But three people sued the election, the election commission saying that the organization was required by law to take voters off the rolls 30 days after sending the letters in. So Judge Paul Malloy says, you know what? The letter of the law says you've got to do it within 30 days. So that's what's going to have to happen, which will be mean 234,000 uh, voters will come off the rolls for the primary and general election. But why? Why do you have to take their names off the rolls just because they moved? Why can't they just update the information when it's time to vote again? You should be making voting as easy as possible for people. The idea is to get people to participate in democracy, right? I heard a podcast uh, last weekend where a guy says, I don't vote. They already going to do what they're going to do. So this other guy tells him, well, answer me this, man. If that's the case, then why are they trying so hard to get us not to vote, to not let us vote? Why are they changing laws? Why are they taking people off the rolls? Why are they doing all this stuff? To keep us from voting. If the fix was in, they wouldn't care whether we voted or not. Because it's already a done deal. So apparently cops in Oregon can no longer ask random questions during traffic stops. This is a new ruling. Court decided officers in the state were no longer allowed to ask questions that were irrelevant to the reason of the traffic stop. You passed a stop sign. Did you know there was a stop sign back there? You know, that's pretty much it. You can't say what's in the trunk. <laughs> you can't ask that. That's got nothing to do with the stop sign being run. That's what they're saying they can't do anymore. Now, how effective is that going to be? Well, first of all, it's never going to happen. You're telling cops what they can and cannot do, but there's no one there to monitor them. If you're going to enforce rules like that, you've got to have a system in place where every time a cop pulls someone over, video goes live and the person, a dispatcher of some sort can sit and watch and monitor what's going on to make sure the laws are being followed and people's rights are being protected. Well, in a city like Dallas or New York or L.A. or Chicago or Miami or Houston, well, how much is that going to cost? How many people live there? How many people are being pulled over and, you know, at the same time? That's, it, it could get, you know, depending on the night of the week, it could be substantial. So that's not even logical. So you're never going to be able to police this. See what I did there? And since we're talking about police, did you hear about the dispatcher in Oregon who uh, got a call from a woman who was wanting to order pizza? But she was actually calling for domestic violence. Oregon 911. I would like to order a pizza at 
You called 911 to order a pizza? Uh, yeah, apartment. This is the wrong number to call for a pizza. No, 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 you're not. I'm getting you now. That's crazy. He told police, when you get there, turn your sirens off before you get there. Because the guy thinks that she ordered pizza. So they're not expecting you. The guy's not expecting you. And prayers up for uh, Leon Spinks, who apparently is battling prostate cancer. Leon is a former uh, professional boxer. Remember that time he beat Muhammad Ali back in the day? Who remembers that? Get well to him. He's a veteran. He served our country. And uh, we are uh, owing him a debt of gratitude. All right, we're going to leave it right there. And tap out and call it a wrap for this episode of Random with Tony Scott. That would be me. Shout out to Podcast Suites for providing the facilities to get this done. Mark McRae, appreciate you, man. Mark Clark, Allison Seymour, thanks so much for having me on the Allison and Mark app, which you can download for free and check out tons of content that's being added all the time. So shout out to them and to you, too. You can follow me on all things social media at Tony Scott Media. Okay? Appreciate everything you're doing for me. You're showing me so much love and support, but I need more. I'm going to need a little bit more. Share a little bit more. Tell people, yo, Tony Scott's got a podcast. What? It's free on all the major platforms. So thanks so much for listening. Merry Christmas. And we'll talk again soon.